What's up, everybody? It's Billy Jean, and I'm here with a 22-year-old. I'll just start with that, 22-year-old. What the fuck does a 22-year-old know is what you may <laughs> be asking yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people say when they see a 22-year-old is, you know, hey, what does a 22-year-old know? What can a 22-year-old teach me? And I think that's the fun part about living in 2020 and beyond is, like, the answer is a lot. Yeah. You know, at 22 years old, you've already accomplished what most people will go a whole lifetime never experiencing. Um, humble beginnings. I think your your dad uh, drove cabs, right? He's still driving cabs. So he yeah. drives cabs. I want, to, I want to retire him. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. And, and mom works in a restaurant. Yeah. So hardworking people that did everything for you and your brother to carry you. And now here you are successful doing your digital marketing thing, having your ad agency, not retired your parents yet. Mm. But you told me earlier off camera that that was important to you. Why? Um, Cause uh, ever since young they have been supporting me so so much, and like you know I own everything to them. My parents, mm. I mean they are the ones who provide for me. They are the ones who uh, give me everything. So I made it a mission in my life that uh, anything family first, and then mm. I will do everything I can. So that's why mm. I was I'm so driven to actually start up my own business and to give them a better life. Mm. Well, yeah. congrats, man. I'm proud of you. Welcome aboard. Welcome to San Diego. Thanks, man. Yeah, also, Diego join the community. Place. You come to San Diego alone, yeah. which I'm like, <laughs> I'm the worst. Like, everywhere I go, I travel. I have, like, either my team or friends, etc. So, for you to do that, like, I love. Yeah, I love traveling alone. Yeah, that, that's my passion as well. That's what's so like, Yeah, correct. Well, cheers, man. Let's chop it up. So, that's uh, awesome. And San Diego is it's not bad. It's quite cozy right here. I heard this is your favorite place as well. Favorite place, born and raised. Never yeah. leaving. Actually, I might leave, but no, probably not. I'll probably, I'll probably be here forever. <laughs> So San Diego is pretty small and Singapore is pretty small as well. What, what's your take that uh, to target such a dense populated area in terms of Facebook ads? How, yeah. how, how does it work towards our advantage? Well, I think the benefit of when you go into a, a population where like a similar to like a New York too, where everyone's there is one, you, typically when I'm in those marketplaces, it allows me to get really specific with who I'm advertising to. Yeah. Because if I advertise to a one mile radius, in some cities, that's like really good because you can get exactly the type of people that you're looking for. It's something in San Diego that works well. But somewhere else, there's so many different types of people in a, in a mile's radius. It means nothing. So what it allows you to do is it allows you to layer, right? right, right. So for example, you know, hey, one mile radius of people who re read these book books, who follow these people, yep. who have a birthday coming up, you can get so specific and so targeted. And so it's kind of like a dream come true from a marketer and advertiser standpoint. Yeah, definitely. And what do you have to say for those people? See, I, I've been working on uh, with a lot of business owners as well. Yeah. So a lot of them is like, hey, Lenny, it's fine. I'll stick to my direct mails or I'll stick to my flyers. Mm -hmm. or stick to my uh, own shit. It's like, but I mean, social media is like, it's, it's right in front of you. This freaking thing over here, right here, yeah. is able to help you make lots of money with your business. Sure. What do you have to say for them who thinks that online um, is not relevant for them? You know, it's funny because doing this for a while now, I think at first... It was a lot of uh, resentment and frustration with like, are you kidding me? How can you not see that digital marketing, da 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 and, You know, as you get to know more business owners and work with more business owners, you realize what's holding them back is actually just fear. And then you start to empathize with them. Because the truth is, is they know digital marketing is a thing now. Everyone knows they should be doing it. But if they accept that truth, that means they're going to have to learn how to work a computer for the first time. They're going to need to learn how to work the internet. They're going to need to learn. They're going to need to do there's, there's so much work. And then here's the other side. Well, what if I can't learn that? Yeah. 
I'm 50 years old now is what they may be thinking. I'm 50 years old. Like I can't learn something new. And so really it's about simplifying it for them so that they feel like they can do it. And the reason why that's missed is because of ego mostly, but you're not going to get someone who's been in business for 10, 20 years typically to tell you, Hey, by the way, I'm just really afraid of digital marketer because I don't know technology at all. And da, 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 da. They'll say something else like, yeah, I'm too busy for that stuff. I can't da, 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 da. And people start having conversations about that. And that's not really what's holding them back. So peeping behind the curtain and realizing it's just fear. Right. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Just fear. So another thing I want to ask is that there's so many, uh, I think ever since 2015 until now, there's so many online marketing lead gen agencies out yeah. there. I mean, like, how do you really stand out? I mean, I, I, I'm actually, the, I have this marketing agency called Get Customers. Yeah. And like, um, you know, I'm trying to advertise out there, putting out my message out there, you know, be creative. Uh, like, like what you say, boring doesn't sell, right? Boring mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. So, but that doesn't, uh, something don't appeal to people as well. Correct. Like, they think that it's like, oh, this, uh, this is just another marketing agency. They're so selling me the same old shit. Whatever, yeah, yeah, same old shit. This, I don't buy into that because all marketing yeah. agencies are the same. They so have you ever that. heard of Gordon Ramsay? Yeah. So Gordon Ramsay, probably the most famous chef in the world. You know, he didn't just come out and say, my name is Gordon Ramsay and I'm the most famous chef in the world. What did he do instead? Mm, no, he does good quality shit. He shows everybody. Shows like everybody. Like there are hundreds or thousands of videos of Gordon Ramsay either cooking, teaching people how to cook, running a restaurant, etc. In other words, while everyone else is talking about how good they are, he is showing people. To me, the missing gap for marketers in particular is no one's showing it. Everyone's saying, oh, I work with this client, da-da-da. And with the internet, there's no barrier to entry. So you or I or John Doe on the street can say anything. Yeah. They can make up whatever the fuck they want to. So I think it's important that people realize that the marketplace is skeptical, rightfully so, and that it's our job to show them more proof, mm. right? Like, hey, you have to document every experience that you have as a marketer from the beginning to the end. Period. Like Document. they need to see when you first meet the client, they need to see what you did and how you got them results. And that's what it is. So for us as a company and anything that's helped me generate leads on the agency side has always been from a, uh, a demonstration, not from me talking about it. And that's what most people aren't willing to do. And that's why I tell people like you're a marketer. If you don't have a video person in house or that you work regularly with, how are you going to win? So you think right? video guy is the most important. Oh my God. Because okay. even pick like, again, with a skeptical marketplace, the more proof, the better. And an image, anybody could Photoshop. Like they can do anything that they want. Video, you can still bullshit, but it's a little bit harder to do. It's a <laughs> little bit awesome. harder to do. I just do. hired a you know video know I mean? Yeah. I just hired a video guy. Hire a fucking team. video. Yeah. There so you go. You're making the right moves, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And to me, it's just the proof. It's the proof growler guy that allows us to show people while you know everyone else is telling it. All right. Also, awesome. too, there's a big thing that happens when you have a video. You know, so I, I film all the speaking gigs that I do when I travel. Yep. And what's just as important to capture is not just me on stage, but how people are reacting to me. You know, the audience will tell other strangers how to feel about you. So, for example, you know, when you see legends like Kobe, you also saw audiences like, you know, screaming, crying in tears. And throughout the years, you see that for two decades. And you realize when you see Kobe, you're subconsciously trained to to, to, to have a moment, to, to cry, yeah, yeah. To, to share it, to tag it, and, you know. Mm, yeah, and it's all about uh, boring doesn't sell. 
right? Yes. Yeah, boring doesn't sell. Maybe can you elaborate? Boring will put you out of business. It's deeper than that. You know, it's it's competitive. You know, think about Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all these things. They're nothing more than an auction site. You know, Facebook shows the ads that are going to make them the most money. It's it's not a it's not a complicated algorithm. People talk about that. Yeah. The algorithm is to, for them to make as much money as possible. Yeah. And they make more money from shit that people engage with. And right. they and and on the opposite of that, they lose an insane amount of money when advertisers fuck up the experience for the user with boring stuff. Right. So course, they penalize yeah. you heavy. Yeah. And what do you say about uh, video ads? For example, video ads. You did that the pit. Pitbull advertising, the one they did with uh, the video on the YouTube. Uh, so that brought you quite a fair bit of revenue as well. Which uh, one? See, the Pitbull of advertising. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Wolf advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolf yeah, advertising. Yeah. And that brought you quite a number of revenue as well from the Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that one did perform well for us and it did make us money. But I think with that particular advertisement, it really did something for a brand. Because people remember yeah. it, you know. So the most profitable ads that we ever make is when I just have one of them turn on a camera and I start freestyling. Well, it's not really freestyling using a script, but um, or using my cell phone. Oh, okay. Those so, are the most profitable usually because when people go on social, that's what they come for. It's like real interactions, not like highly produced things. So, um, but the highly produced things, that's what people remember. So balancing and having a, a combination of the two is great. So I may start off and introduce myself with something like the Wolf of Paid Ads, but you may okay, get quickly yeah. retargeted by. Something where it's like, hey, it's Billy Jean. I know you saw me being ridiculous here, but let me have a real conversation with you. So what's the take on uh, a lot of people who want to do branding or should, should they do branding or should they do direct response ads first? Everyone should do both and realize that when you have a direct response ad, you still are branding. Like just because you're asking someone to buy, it doesn't make it not branding anymore. It just means you're asking someone to buy. And, you know, people think like, well, when you ask someone to buy, you know, they get mad and they don't like, you know, they only care about how you how specifically you ask them to buy. So for example, if someone's smiling and laughing and enjoying the sales process, they don't give a fuck if you make them an offer. However, like if you're making some aggressive offer, you're not making people laugh, you're not delivering value before, then that's when there's a challenge. So it's about how you ask, not you asking. So you talk, uh, talk about the hate all this when it comes to direct response ads. Uh, what do you have for those hate? Like people comment, things like maybe you can share a bit more about what do you have there? One more time. I mean, like you share about uh, people hating on direct response. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in regards to people hating or, or trolls, so to speak, you know, a lot of it is about can, there's a couple of things. One, like they're really unhappy people typically. So you should really feel bad for them and, and want to help them more than anything. Right. Yeah. Like, cause they're just probably imagine waking up feeling like that every single day. Like they're probably just in, in a lot of pain. So there's, there's one side of it, but from a strategy standpoint is, you know, a big part of dealing with trolls is like saying all the shit that they're going to say before anything. For example, you know, when we start off this interview, like I addressed the first thing that I would have had a, a objection with, which is 22 years old. What's he going to talk to me about business within running an agency, et cetera. Like, well, look, he's a 22 and look what he's already accomplished. Right. So like, Saying the things before the hater says it and addressing it, you'll see a lot of those comments go away. So, for example, if you're going to do something douchey that's going to attract a lot of haters, like show a fancy car, talk about it. Don't just show the car. So, yes, I'm showing you this car because, honestly, it gets people to pay attention. There's something important I want to tell you. So, let's put that away here. Like, address it as opposed to just putting it there and that's just douchey and, and not cool. Right. So, so ingenious, right? You spoke about the value is provided after the experience. Uh, yes. Yeah. Could you maybe just share a bit more about it? Because I think that is yeah. really the so, truth. Because in the market right now, um, 
sometimes it's hard to find people who give like tons of value. You know, I I I got your legacy partner and like oh fuck, that was like the most value I gotten in the internet. There's like so much shit I couldn't yeah. even uh, <laughs> watch finish in like two weeks, man. It's like <laughs> they go and digest and there's the objection and doing everything about internet marketing is inside there. Yeah, it's yeah, there. it's Take like it. YouTube ads there. Yeah. In the freaking $30 bundle, it's like, oh, wow. So right there, that genuine reaction that you just had, yeah. there's nothing I can say to you to ever give you that. Yeah. That's why the value is created after the experience. Like, you had to go through it to have yeah. that type of moment. You had to experience it. You had to taste it. And, you know, a lot of business owners, so, you know, my background's agency doing work, right? Yeah, yeah. And I used to have so much resistance from clients who didn't want to run a deal, any kind of incentive to get people in. And at the end of the day, I just told them, listen, your people that you want to attract, I said, how many times have they ever tried your massage? They're like, never. So why would they pay premium for something that they've never heard of or they've never tried? Right. And they're like, because we're the best. Well, does your customer know that? No. So how can you tell them they're the best? Like, well, we put it out in advertising. So would you believe somebody online who just tells you they're the best? No. Okay. So how can you tell them you're the best? Well, by giving them a massage and showing them the best. Okay. So what should we do? Right? Mm -hmm. Like they forget that. And then you say, okay, fine, you don't have to do it. But if your competitor does, what's going to happen to your business? Right. Okay. I understand. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Billy, I want to speak a bit more about your story and like how you got started. I mean, like your story was that uh, I find quite relatable to you as well because you mentioned that you started from the mom house and mm -hmm. your, uh, you got your very first uh, aha moment when you did your first five, uh, earn your first five yeah. bucks yeah, 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 through yeah, yeah. a video ad. Yeah. So, and then you went on to, you know, sell wetsuits at Amazon and yeah. that gives you like the very big boost. Of how you got 150,000, am I right to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Did me, your homework. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I find it quite relatable because I started about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I did door knocking, I was selling water filter, I went to MLMs. So what was the story like? I really want to find out. Like, can you share with us something that you yeah. never shared before? Some that I never shared before? I'm pretty open yeah. book, so it's not oh, like okay. a lot I haven't shared because I, I keep my shit pretty real. Um, but I'll give you a different perspective because I'm, you know, yeah, I'm different in a different place, different good, place yeah. in my life. Um, you know, I cannot stress how not special I am. And I say that because now we're in this interesting thing where a lot of people have seen our ads, our brand, or, you know, they see me in these, you know, lights like I'm on stage or with people, et cetera. And now the whole thing is I get a lot of people, I'll, I'll teach them something and they go, well, you can do that because you're Billy Jean. And I'm like, motherfucker. I was Billie Jean 10 years ago. You just didn't give a fuck about Billie Jean 10 years ago. You know yeah. what I'm like? Nothing changed. And so, you know, to anyone watching this, I really want to stress to you guys that, like, how abnormally normal I am. And I'm just a guy who's really practiced a lot of sales and a lot of advertising, and I got good at something. And so my journey is pretty uneventful when I look at the big spec of things. It's, it's, it's the same as every other entrepreneur's, which is, you know, I tried some shit and I failed. I tried a mobile oil change company. And it didn't work. I tried that right out of college. But do you know why it didn't work? Because I sucked. Right. I never ran a business before. I never had to generate sales before. I never had to do advertising. And what I look back on and what's embarrassing is that the mentality and the overconfidence that I had that it was going to work. And it's just like if I, if, you know, everyone knows what a skateboard is. If you and I just get on a skateboard for the first time, Think about the arrogance that we would have to have as a human being to think that we were going to get on the very first time and just start riding and kickflip and, and, and manual and ollie and all these things. The very first time we ride it. What kind, of, what kind of arrogant person, an overconfident person, an ignorant person do you have to be to believe such a thing? Right. And that's what we do with business. 
is we come in there because we see an episode of Shark Tank and we go, you know, you see a product and it sells 10 million and we go, oh, I could have thought of that. I have that idea. You guys want to hear something? Ideas are worth D-I-C-K. Ideas are worth dick, a.k.a. (laughs) nothing. An idea could not be more worthless. Like, you do not get any credit in life in my book for anything you think. Because here's why. Banks don't accept thoughts. I can't go right now and say, hey, I got to pay my mortgage or my rent or whatever and be like, here you go. Take that thought. (laughs) <laughs> hey, 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 hold up, hold up, take this. This idea is fire. That sounds cool, though. Yeah, yeah, this, this, cool, yeah, this, this like, idea, let me hold on, let me take it out of the cooler. Here, take take this idea, take this idea, go run with that shit. You know, like, what? It's fucking dumb. And you only get paid for execution and what you create and actually do. And so, yes, do shit. Stop, uh, I forgot how to bring that full circle where I was, but nonetheless, thoughts are worth dick. Thoughts yeah. are worth nothing, yeah, correct. Worth nothing. Right. You know, there's. I, I say there's no such thing as a million dollar uh, idea, just million dollar execution. Right. And to the to the to the people who really pick that up right now, you will be successful because you realize there's not a you know there's some ideas that scale better than others and there's benefits etc. But like you and I today can make a million dollars doing anything. Yeah. If you literally take away all my shit and you give me anything, I'll make a million dollars with it very fast. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Of how you mm-hmm. can get all the knowledge, put it up in the internet, put it in funnels, and everything will start coming in. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. I mean, you can literally start from scratch, yeah. run ads, and make profit out of it. Yeah, it's a skill, right? Like but it's that, a skill. That was a like a big aha moment for me. When yep. I started to get money through my phone, SMS, it was like crazy feeling, man. I was you just got a notification, sell made, sell made, sell made. Yeah, I mean, I just launched a funnel about uh, three days ago. I got about a thousand bucks in. It was like crazy, How's that man. Feel? Yeah, it's crazy. And you're talking about front end. I'm not including yeah. the back end in a live seminar where we're going to make sure. at least like half a million. Yeah, by the way, I'm go- I'm aiming for two comma club next year. Yes, yeah, you'll so, do it so, if you yes. decide to. I will, I will. Okay, yeah, it's, it's not a if or not. I will. That's right. Yeah, and I'll... Probably get my six packs. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not hey, probably. You? Yeah. you better. No. How about you? Oh, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed? already done. It's so already you done. You're going to get it? Yes. Hundred percent. Sure? Uh, there's no. There's no doubt. Oh, wow. okay. That's Statement. awesome. Hundred percent. Okay. So, uh, really quick. Uh, can I ask you again? Is that how can I really stand out in the market as a marketing agency as a creative? I yeah. mean, like. To put it like boring doesn't sell. I mean, like, uh, that's well, one I think you have I to figure trying. out like who you stand for. You know, when people build polarizing? up, no, well, when, not even no so polarizing. Well, there's a part of it polarizing, but it's more just like who are you giving a voice to? You know, right. like, you know, when people become raving fans, it's when you give a voice to people who feel you know voiceless, right. suppressed, unheard, and so you know you got to figure now who it is that like when they look at you, they go fuck. If he can do it, I can do it. Mm. And and really rally all those people and get them behind you. And that's how you really make a, a movement. When you look at all the um, biggest celebrities in the world, they have a specific niche of people who root for them a little bit harder, et cetera, right. and go all in. You know, So take um, Kobe, rest in peace. And you look at his audience. Like He put the entire city of Los Angeles on his back. Yeah. And that is what started him. Is That was his core fan base. And then you know, as he became great at what he's done and his won his champions accolades, the world got on board too. But um, every movement starts small at first, and it starts with a certain audience. And so you got to figure out, like, who is your core? Who are the people that you give a voice to? And when you do that and you speak for them, and here's when someone falls in love with you, is when they listen to you and they go, fuck, I've been thinking that forever. I'm so glad you said it. That's when they go, that's my person. 
Right, okay. So it's a question of mine. I mean, like, I've been trying the, my best to actually attract business owners yeah. to come into me. And like, uh, I can't, you know, whenever you talk about business owners, you know, getting them, uh, getting them to actually ask you um, for business. Yeah. It's a wide range. Like, there's so many business owners. There are like dentists. There's like yeah. uh, beauty salon. It, How do I really attract? I mean, it's different... It's just this. It's remember this sentence. They speak different language. It's not about that. It's just they will come to you if they believe you. You know, if they believe that working with you right. will make them more money, they will buy and they will come to you and raise their hands. So now you reverse engineer that and say, what do I need to show them? What do they need to experience for them to believe me? Right. So I'll give you an example. You know, if three of their friends are all saying, use this person, they're probably going to go with that person no matter what because they believe them. That's the game. And so the more belief you can have is huge. So when you start looking from a tactical perspective of how do you transfer belief is um, there's a couple of ways, right? People believe you based on the people that you hang out with. People believe you based on the stages that they see you. People believe you based on the publications that they read you in. So for example, if somebody hears about you on TMZ versus somebody hearing about you on the Wall Street Journal, they will have a different belief in you. The whole entire fucking game is belief. Right. The only reason why someone doesn't buy is because they do not believe you. Right. And should we go vertical in the niche? Like, for example, I myself specialize in insurance and real estate. Yeah, it depends on what your goals are, right? Like, I, I, I'm a f big fan of niching down when you're looking to scale. But if someone tells me they just want to make, you know, five, seven K a month, something like that, and just live a good life, like, dude, take on whatever the fuck you want. Take on a project. You don't need to scale shit. You should provide one service so it doesn't take you forever to, to give it. But you don't have to, you don't have to niche down at all. You right. just got to do what you do and live. If you want to scale, scaling is about repeatability. So yes, you need to niche down in that case. Right. And how, uh, I mean, well, walking back through all these years that you have started, how do you manage to build such a big following? Yeah, for yourself. Pay for it. I advertise more than anyone. Ads. Well, more than, more than most, right? So you take us, like, our ads have now been seen over 600 million times. And so, you know, brand, you know, like brand fame, whatever you want to call it, like, it's just who knows you. Right. So, right. So, like, I just target people and I make sure everyone who's an entrepreneur knows me. And what do you think <laughs> is the next in thing now? I mean, like, in terms of platform? Honestly, I'm. our plan is just to go harder and spend more money on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. It's LinkedIn. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it works. Right. It's just beginning. Like, you know what I mean? The tools, they're only getting smarter. They're public companies, which means they have to generate revenue and profit and, and get their uh, investors a return on their investment. So, they're always going to be thinking of ways for people us, like us to give them money. So as long as that's happening, like, yeah, it's it's wide open. So that's so, a circle, circle of focus, I would say. So yeah. you don't look at other platforms like TikTok or this. I mean, uh, sure. Like, I'm sure those are great too. I'll get on whatever fucking people are at. I'll go. Like, I'm not married. I don't love Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. It's that's what works right now. We may talk again in two years and I may be like, oh, I don't fuck with any of those platforms anymore. I don't know. I don't care either. Right? Because marketing is advertising. Direct response advertising is putting a message in front of someone and asking them to buy. Right. I get once it. you realize that the platforms become very uh, irrelevant. It's just, they allow you to put a message in front of someone. Right. And if I can do that in a different way that allows me to achieve profit while doing it, then I'll do it. And what's your, I mean, after all this, what's your definition of success for you? Yeah. For me? Yeah. I think for me, my biggest thing is like, because I really look up to you and like, if you could tell me the, the yeah. success as well, I think that would mean a lot to me because there's something I can like, oh, wow, okay, that's yeah. something I should work towards because 
you have an amazing team, you have everything. I mean, like, you have the dream. I mean, I want to be like you. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Like, you know, like, my dream and, like, I think the definition of success, I'll put it's twofold. I think the definition of success is waking up happy, and happiness is a choice, but I think waking up and loving the aspects of your life. Right. Loving where you work, loving what you do, loving people to hang out with, loving the relationship that you're in, um, loving that. But I think there's another aspect to it, and this is more in regards to humanity, is I think that's how you become successful. But I do not believe that's how you become fulfilled. I think success and fulfillment are the two things that you need to focus on. And success is you, you're probably achieving that right now. You're living a life that you want. But be careful. Make sure you love it the whole time because if you put a destination on it, like, well, I'm not successful until I have a studio like Billy and my ads have been seen so many times, you're going to be chasing a destination, right? And you can't, happiness is not a destination. So success is loving every inch of the journey and everything that you're doing right now. You're successful right now, say. But the fulfillment... Fulfillment to me has a lot to do with moral obligation and duty of helping the next people. You know, um, I feel successful or I feel fulfilled when I'm empowering other people to right. create their own version of success. Right. And I think that's the important thing. And I think all humans actually get to that point. But the reason or all humans have that in them. But the only reason why someone wouldn't be consumed with that is because they're still trying to meet their own needs. You know, so... My thing is if I can help more people meet their own needs where they're not worrying financially about their livelihood, then they can start thinking about others. So the problem is most people in all societies are selfish because self-preservation is the number one human instinct in the world. Yeah. And so when everybody's so caught up in protecting themselves, protecting their own, their own kids, et cetera, everyone's thinking for themselves and not thinking about the next person and therefore conflict is inevitable. So my whole thing is if we can empower enough people to rise above the survival and they don't need to meet that part of the hierarchy of needs, then we can start to have a world that starts looking out for other people before themselves. Right. And how do you, what advice do you have for people who want to craft out irresistible offer? I mean, people who struggle to actually come up with a good offer to put out in the market. Because I think that yeah. is the fundamental of everything, right? It doesn't matter it, how good, dog, how, how, how is, long, how short your sales copy is. It doesn't matter it, how good your it, A fucking are. good offer changes everything. And here's the deal. Most good offers will make you uncomfortable. Most of the time when you have a good offer, you really have to sit there and question, how the fuck will I make this back end work? And that's what most business owners don't do. So, for example, you know, like we're giving away 31 bucks. You literally have all our courses. Yeah, that was, that was a positioning thing against the industry. I saw the yeah. industry. Everyone's talking about high ticket. And I literally did the opposite and just taking all their customers. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. Like everyone's like, oh, go high ticket. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, I will literally give you better stuff than their high ticket stuff for 30 bucks. And by the way, 30 bucks just covers my cost of advertising. I make no money off you. I was thinking of that. So, uh, but my concern is that if I put out $27, say I want to do a workshop right now. Yeah. And my workshop is going to be called Get Your Dream Customers. Yeah. To check business owners. But I'm afraid that devalues my high ticket item. What do you think of that? It doesn't? No, it just depends on that. People pay for access, right? Like for 31 bucks, you don't get to talk to Billy. You right. see what I'm saying? Right. Like people will pay for the next level of proximity. That's where your value comes in. But you got to realize it's not – you can devalue your stuff, sure. But the marketplace has devalued fucking courses from companies like LinkedIn Learning, who I've done a course with, Udemy, where they literally sell courses for cheap. Eventually, the marketplace dictates and they're bringing down the price of it. So instead of for me waiting to get fucking collapsed by this, we decided to fucking take out um, gasoline and we just fucking lit the motherfucker on fire. <laughs> We're literally burning it down. Like everyone who comes in the game, they're like, God damn it, this Billy thing is there. And then people are like, oh shit. 
you know, like, can that even be good for 31 bucks? But dude, we got fucking 50,000 customers who have bought it and just reviews for fucking days. We will literally fuck up the whole industry. No one will be able to sell high ticket when we're done. And good. That means more information for the masses. Right. And that's what we stand for. Right. All right. So I think that's a direction I'm heading towards as well. Mm -hmm. Without something to actually get people to come in. Yeah. It's always high ticket, high ticket. Yeah. All the way, right? Yeah. Right. One question that I have for you is how can we entertain, educate, and sell? Um, entertain, educate, execute. It's like before you can ask anyone to buy anything, they have to like be listening, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's so funny how people think they can just like make a Facebook ad and say like, you know, buy my mouses because they have pretty colors. Like no one's fucking paying attention to you. And a lot of that is understanding that, you know, where people are trying to sell Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, people come there to be entertained. Like that's their focus. You pick up your phone because you're bored. So if they pick up their phone to not be bored and then you show them an ad that's boring, you're like the reason why they picked up their phone in the first place and they skip over you. So before I can actually help you, I need to you got to pay attention to me. So the entertainment part is what I preach to all business owners is, you know, the you will not be able to compete in this global marketplace if you continue to be boring. And if you look at the brands that have excelled and had these big exits, a lot of them, as, as they're coming up, have started with a good, funny video ad that made people laugh. It was right. entertaining first and, and same, followed yeah. by that eh, right. Dollar Shave Club, et cetera. Oh, Dollar Shave Club. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned that that is a what I call viral video sales letter, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's pretty much what it is, right? It's, I mean, to me, you know, online advertising is just literally just asking people to buy at scale, you know, like right. that's it. And and the way to do that, I think, is just entertain someone first, solve a problem for them second, and then there you go. Right. And shout out to Reggie over there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shout out to him. Sorry. Yeah. And for uh, what's your thought on? combining outbound inbound marketing together for those who just stick to outbound marketing. Yeah. Um, do you think I both think, are important? Yeah, then we just, honestly, we just do inbound. You know, outbound puts another process in place where now you have to fucking filter people, right? You have to qualify yeah. people, et cetera. And there's yeah. a, like I started outbound, right? Because that was the hustle, you know? But right now you can inbound for so like five bucks a day. Right. So my thing is everyone should be focused on inbound. It's, oh, scala so, it's scalable so, so much faster. Get the fuck out of here with outbound. I, I, like, <laughs> I mean, there's certain, like, don't get it twisted, right? I cold called fucking all day long. I door knocked. I did all the shit. But right now, like, if I had to start all over again, I should just shoot an ad. I'm just going to start from zero and show motherfuckers how fast I can make 100 racks. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even, it would take me no time. So you say that door knocks, uh, Rusha, all these, they are It's a waste all... of time. It's, I, it's, it's not a waste of time. It's just there's, like, ways that way more efficient. It's like... Let's go, let's go to the zoo. The zoo is five miles away from here or three miles away from here. Like if we wanted to walk, can we get there? Right. Yes. But if we take a fucking Uber, can we get there in a fraction of the time? I'll take the Uber. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, that's how I see door knocking. Like, yeah, I can do that. Or I can just put a fucking Facebook ad and it'll knock on uh, a thousand doors in fucking six seconds. Like it seems stupid to do, you know? Right. Yeah, because I was reading up the one of the methods you're talking about, how you do outbound last time as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm pretty running out. No, we're good. Questions. This is this yeah. is good. I think so I think we have pretty good content. I mean, like what advice do you have for me actually? I mean, that's one of the things that I'll ask. Um before if your goal right now is to retire your parents, yeah. My advice that I would give you, if that's really the thing that drives you, is how much does that cost? 
and I need you to reverse engineer of to do that, how much money do you need to make after taxes, after saving, right. et cetera. Then once you identify what that number is, you create a very straightforward plan. If you help right. insurance agents, how many insurance people do I need to do it? You take that number, you put it on your wall. And every single day, you do what you can to get to that number, right. the end. But I think I have a bigger goal right now. I mean, I originally it was just retire my parents and now I want to be known and- Do one at a time. Do one at a time? Do one at a time, right? Like focus on that. Um, and because during that, like this, this is how you're building your brand, right? Like the, like the, they, they happen simultaneously, but you focus on the, the outcome because that's what gives you the credibility and the leverage to be able to support and, and, and rally people, you know, like nobody wants a 22 year old life coach, right? But if you yeah. can say like, Hey, I fucking, by the age I was 24, I literally retired my parents. And I built a company up with 50 employees that's making X amount of dollars. Now your age becomes very irrelevant. And it makes your ability to attract, to get attention, and to have people listen to you much higher and easier. So you don't have to always focus on attention first? I think both simultaneously, you know? Right. Like I bought a Lamborghini to, one, because it's fun, <laughs> but also to get attention, you know? To get attention when I'm advertising. That shit's a prop, right? I probably drive it once a week. Right. And yeah. you know, I always wanted to start off webinar. I probably should. I mean, my limiting belief is that I should, I, do you think I can sell internationally to yes. an international crop? 100%. That's my limiting belief. Like, I think that yeah. I'm, I'm Asian. I can't. Dude, I thought, I, thought like, I, was, I thought I was black. I'm still black, mind you. But <laughs> <laughs> like I was 23, right? And I was like, I'm black. I cursed like a sailor. I didn't finish college. And my fucking ideal customer was a 45-year-old white dude. And I had all those same things. Hey, will people actually take me seriously, et cetera? The answer is we're in my office right now. Yes. Yeah, because and I And all of to, them are my customers. I used to have a limiting belief that I didn't look good. I am Asian. You I look didn't... good. You are Asian. We're going to make Rush Hour 5. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for rocking with me. And thanks for coming out here today. Hey, no worries, man. It's been awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's... I think I got everything that I need. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome, man. Congrats on the success. Keep it up. Thanks, really. Don't yeah. stop. Stay focused.